So uh, as we as we look at this this verse, I think it's so it's so it's so important for us to understand the relationship to prayer. Like prayer is not just some words that we say. Prayer is the very communication method that God is giving us to pray to him, to speak to him, to ask of him, to adore him, to communicate with him. In Greek mythology, you know when you stop praying to the gods, they die. (laughs) They die. (laughs) But God is so much larger than that. He actually doesn't need to live off our prayers because he's eternal. He, he's so much greater than that. But he desires to be in a relationship with us, not just a relationship with our heart, but a relationship that communicates. Like I, I tell our, our core team all the time, like every time we gather and meet, it's about community and relationship. It's about us speaking with each other. It's about us hearing for what God has to say. And I think it's so beautiful as we begin to, to dive in the relationship between prayer. Because... I see as we go into what that looks like, I just remember reading this verse, the Lord's Prayer in Luke. And I and these are disciples of Jesus. They've been around Jesus for a while. And you hanging out with somebody, and then you say, Hey Jesus, teach me how to pray like you. And so they recite this prayer. And I don't think we learned how to pray like him. <laughs> When we open up the scriptures, we don't pray like Jesus. And some of us may say, man, I I don't know if I could pray like Jesus, Pastor Carl. I don't know what that means and what that looks like. And I think it's it's very interesting. So, Marlon, Jesus' disciples saw something amazing and wanted to pray like that. Like, how many of us seen somebody do something? I remember the first time I seen Michael Jordan jump off the the free throw line, and I said, man, I want to dunk like that. I want to dunk just like him. How many times do we see somebody do something amazing? Like, I love when we see somebody do something amazing, and we want to mimic it, and so does Jesus want the same thing. Like, Keegan loves to, like, repeat after everyone sometimes. And he doesn't, strangers be walking down the street and they'll say something, he'll repeat after. I'm like, stop, Keegan. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's, they'll start laughing and they're like, oh, he's so cute. And I say, okay, you love that. And then, and then so sometimes we see something in somebody that we're around and we want to do something just like they did. It may not be, for me, it was always a sports analogy. But then when I became a Christian, I had a, 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 a mentor, I will call him a spiritual father, named Pastor Terry. And this guy prayed all the time. He said, he said Carl, you can say minute prayers. You ain't got to be doing a whole bunch of things, just pray. And like, he just prays all the time. And so, and sometimes when we see somebody doing something, we want to mimic that. And so as the disciples saw Jesus praying and saw the things that were happening because of his prayers, they said, I want to pray like that. And he says, they didn't necessarily want the words. They wanted the relationship that Jesus had with prayer. And I think that's important as we talk about praying in our lives. It's not necessarily the words that we're praying. It's the relationship that we're praying. And I think that's an important thing. See, uh, Marla, go to the next slide, the purpose. When we pray like Jesus, we first must understand his relationship to prayer. 
when we want to pray like Jesus, we must understand his relationship to prayer. And then let's go to the transforming thought. So I heard this. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little shouter when I'm in the car. Like when I when I heard this, I didn't say this. This is not me. It transformed me this week. It was uh, Tony Evans. He said this. He said, God is greater than the universe. And greater than all of his creation. He said, don't think about it too long. Because if you start thinking about it, it may make you want to shout. Like, he's greater than the universe. He's greater than, than the Milky Way. He's greater than all the stars that are aligned in the heaven. He is greater than his creation itself. God is greater. If that right there doesn't send you, you can could, you leave right now. Because I believe that, like, if we're talking about somebody to have a he's greater than this. He's greater than all of that. And then as we talked about Jesus and who he was, there was this point where, like, we really don't know, like, nobody's ever did, like, a bio analysis of who Jesus is. They did, the prophets had this, that's what's even more important, that the prophets talked about these traits that Jesus had, and he actually lived these traits out. So we're going to be in Isaiah 11 too. It says it like this. Isaiah 11 too says, these traits created his relationship. This is who Jesus is. As far as we know, we know some words that Jesus is king. He's Lord of lords. He's the lion and the lamb. He's the lamb's bread of God. He's the atoning sacrifice. Jesus is all of these things. But when they started to talk about his relationship to God, it says this, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. First of all, the spirit of the Lord will rest on Jesus. Then it says a spirit of wisdom and understanding. A spirit of counsel and a spirit of strength. A spirit of knowledge and a spirit of the fear of the Lord. This is who Jesus is. Isaiah is talking about Jesus. He talks about him in these, these six things. Some people call it seven. But today we're going to talk about six traits. He says the spirit will rest upon him. A spirit, so Jesus has the spirit, the Holy Spirit is resting on him. He has the spirit of wisdom. He has the spirit of understanding. He has the spirit of counsel. He has the spirit of strength. And he has the spirit of the fear of the Lord. These characteristics, characteristics reflect the mind of God. Like Jesus had to be in relationship to have these spirits reflecting the mind of God. First and foremost, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, and it influenced every part of his life. The trait that leads to the rest first starts with the fullness of God resting on a human being. That's so powerful. That's why we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us up, because we saw Jesus, the Spirit of God, fully resting on him, and his life was so much different. If we aren't influenced by the, way, by the Holy Spirit, we can't model Jesus' prayer. The first thing, we have to be able to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Be, be able to say, hey, I just want to take and pray. Um, I got to get up. I got Something's got to change in your life to let the Holy Spirit influence you to pray. Whether it be something bad or be something good. Be something scary or be something dangerous. Like sometimes we just, be, I, I used to be the get out of jail free prayer for a very long time. 
like, Jesus, if you just get me out of this, I go to church every Sunday. Every day I go to church. It will influence me. But see, there's a point where the Holy Spirit wants to influence everything in your life. And I think it's so important that we need to know that if we're going to pray like Jesus, if we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer, that to have the relationship that Jesus had, that he says we can have too, we have to at first let the Holy Spirit rest upon our lives and influence every motion and every decision and everything that we have. And then all of a sudden these things will start to flow out of us. It's so powerful. Like sometimes I look at people who, are, who literally pray all the time and they're full of wisdom and understanding. They're full of strength. They're full of things that, like, man, how can I even obtain these things? So then in Ephesians 117, it says it like this. He says, I pray that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation in the knowledge of him. Jesus is full of the spirit of wisdom. If we're going to talk about praying the Lord's Prayer and praying, we've got to talk about the wisdom. He says it right here. We have to be influenced by the wisdom of the Lord. And he give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation of him that we will want to know him. If we got, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we will want to desire to know him more. Like, I don't know about you. I remember when I was dating Melanie, I wanted to know everything about her. I couldn't find nothing on Google. I couldn't do all that. I had to, I had to actually ask her some questions. To get to know her. And so I had to I had to say, okay, I had to say it right, you know. Because, you know, guys, we get a little crazy sometimes when we're trying to get to know a young lady. And so I had to do things differently. So I had to ask her real questions like, uh, what do you think about this? And even though I didn't really want to follow through, I would hear what she thought about it. And so those things would happen. Then I, then I would get wiser with my questions. What do you think we should do? What do you think should happen? And all of a sudden, as I started to get to know Melanie, I get to know, like, her personality when I would ask her a question. I get to know if you met her. I get to know her facial expressions. I get to know when she's going to get mad at me. I'm going to say it anyway. I know she's going to get mad at me. I, I get to know. I had to get to know her some more. And so it was just wonderful. So when we are full of the Holy Spirit, we want to get to know him. We want to get to know that person he is. We want to know, hey, how do, how, do, how do you have this spirit? How do we move in this next step? And so Jesus is saying he's full of the spirit of wisdom. Not only is Jesus praying, he's full of wisdom. And so the next thing he does, Jesus is the wisdom of God. Man, when, I, when, I, when we just start to understand that, we cannot know the wisdom of God, but Jesus is the wisdom of God. Every word that comes out of his mouth, every word that was written down, every occurrence that happened, became, it came out because he is the wisdom of God. I thought that was so, so when we pray to Jesus, we are in contact with all wisdom. Every situation and circumstance you have, you have to pray with knowing that wisdom is about to be retained. You got to hear from him. I've been praying all week, uh, Psalms 5, 2 and 3, and it says, Make your meditations known in the morning and wait expectantly. And so it's not about making my, when I go throughout my day, but make it known first in the morning. If I just listen to that wisdom, like put it before my day, God, I just want you to change this in my life. I need you to do this and wait expectantly that he's going to do it. It says that he's full of spirit and wisdom. I love that. 
The third thing that we know is Jesus knew how to make decisions in life. Man, I am the decision messer upper. If if there ever was one, I made the worst decisions. The only best decision I ever made in my life was knowing Jesus. (laughs) I tell people that all the time. That's all I do is make bad decisions. But the day I met Jesus and made a decision to follow him for the rest of my life, that was the best decision I ever made. And, and in his life, because wisdom is, not, wisdom is not set apart from it. So when you have wisdom, you have to make decisions. Jesus had to decide the things in his ministry on which way to go. Like when he got baptized in the water and the Holy Spirit filled him up. And then the next thing you know, he walked into the wilderness. And so if he's full of wisdom, here comes the enemy to tempt him in three different ways. And because he had that wisdom, he was able to make decisions and tell the, and tell the enemy no in every single circumstance. See, I wasn't that wise all the time. The enemy would say something to me. I'd be like, yep, that's right. See, when we use earthly wisdom for spiritual situations, we're out of line. Man, how many times do we do that? We give, I, I tell people all the time, I, I will not give you any wisdom that I haven't had myself. Like, I need, I need the Lord to tell us what to do. Have a friend who's going through a situation in his family, and I was like, I don't need to tell you anything. You need the Holy Spirit to show up in your house. Because if I tell you anything, it's going to be wrong. Because <laughs> there's nothing that I can give you that God can't give you right now. And so sometimes we give wisdom to people, we give them advice, we give them counsel, and and it'd be for spiritual situations, but it'd be earthly words, and it'd be out of line. Jesus never gave wisdom and counsel that was out of line. See, every religion recognizes that Jesus had powerful wisdom. They don't understand his deity, but they understand Jesus' wisdom and understanding. Every time I sit down with somebody from a different religion, they're like, oh, yeah, Jesus is wise. Jesus is the wisest man that ever walked this earth. (laughs) They believe that, but they don't believe that he is the deity of Jesus. They don't believe he is the son of God. They don't believe he came down for us and died on a cross so that we can also be second born and third born and third generation of falling into that wisdom. And sometimes when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we don't think like that either. Hebrew tells us our relationship to Jesus. It says this in Hebrews uh, 4.15. It says, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. My gosh. That right there changed my life. Everything that you're going through and you think you're doing it alone, Jesus not only understands it, has wisdom, but he can sympathize with you. That means he can care for you right in the midst of your situation and understand it. With our weakness. And then it says, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are. He's been tempted. And yet without sin. Therefore let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. So we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, Jesus, Jesus has this wisdom and this power. And, when we, and he understands us. Man. How many times are we going through life and people just don't get us? They don't get our pain. They don't get our hurt. They don't get the situation. Like, no, I understand. No, you don't. 
You don't understand the brevity of like what's happening in my heart and my mind. All you can say is I can empathize with that. But Jesus says, I know exactly how you're feeling. I know the emotion that's attached to that. I know the things that are going on. That means he really understands us. He understands who we are. And then he knows how to, to, to show us how to make decisions in our time of help, in our time of need. I think that's so powerful. So then he says, I love this. This is not, I'm going to be a little long-winded on this one. I'm reading this. It's from, it's from a guy named Erwin Gwery. And we talk about what does Jesus' government look like? Like it says that he has the governance upon his shoulders. Like what does that look like? It says, first of all, it would look like it's a king. Politicians of this day look for what they can get from you. Jesus looks for what he can do for you. Leaders of this day surround themselves with servants. Servants. Jesus surrounds himself with servanthood. Leaders of this day use their power to build their empire. Jesus uses power to wash our feet and make us clean and comfortable. Leaders of this day teach their influence for money. God so loved that he gave. Generals of this day need regular wars to keep their weapons and skills up to date and ensure their, their own investment. Jesus brings peace and rest to our hearts. The higher the plane, the importance of reaches in this world, the more inaccessible he comes. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. Our leaders of this day are desperate to be seen and heard. Jesus sought anonymity so he could be useful. Obviously, Jesus is not in charge of the halls of Washington, London, Moscow, and Baghdad. So how can we ever believe the government will be upon his shoulders? Actually, his government shows his workings in wonderful ways. Whenever I see someone who miraculously leaves a life of drugs and alcohol and restored to the family and work, I can see that he's now governed by God. When I see love Christ, love, loving Christians gently caring for orphans and those rejected by family, I know I'm watching people governed by God. Whenever I see people eagerly learning the Bible and joyously praising and know who is the governor is, whenever I see people give up lucrative careers simply to go and share the good news of Jesus, I know they're governed by God. When I see pastors carefully teach and lead his flock that has, was given to them, I know they're getting signals from the great king. When I see people leave family to live and teach in distant lands because they love the people who have not heard, I know they're governed by God. So indeed, the government is alive and working often silently, mostly unseen, by choice governed by God. Hope and joy and peace rest and cover its subjects. Justice, mercy, and grace amazingly coexist. And I like this kingdom. The borders are open. Come on in, Gail Irwin. Sometimes when we, we think about praying the Lord's Prayer, we're so, we're so in this mind of just reciting it. We don't know that we're about to enter the halls of the, the halls of Jesus when we say these words. And I love this. Isaiah said he has this. And he says he has Jesus, has a spirit of might. Jesus has might, strength, and valor. When we pray to him and model prayer, it changes everything. Jesus has love and might. When you pray, you can pray this because you can encounter danger. You can be bold. You can be fearless because you're tapping into the full grace of God. The knowledge of you will be informed. And then the next one, he says knowledge. Man, I love this. I love that Jesus not only is full of the spirit, has wisdom and understanding, has the governance upon his shoulders. The next thing he can do, he has knowledge. 
He has knowledge. You'll be informed of his plans for those connected to you. You'll know how to love those around you. I remember I was, uh, this weekend I was putting out signs for the church. And I was like, oh, do I go in the neighborhoods? And, and then the Holy Spirit said, no, stay by bus stops and boulevards. <laughs> And so that's where I put all the signs, by bus stops and boulevards. And so as, we, as he connects to us, we just start to be obedient. And then he says this in 1 John 5.10. He says, and we know that the Son of God has come, has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are the true one. That is his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. We have to know this. But when we start praying the Lord's Prayer, we have to think about these things, these things of how Jesus was in relationship. We have to say these things in our heart. And then there's this last spirit of Jesus, which I love so much. Jesus had the spirit, the fear of the Lord. This is so powerful. When we start to pray today and we start to pray the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prayed in position. He knew where he stood. He prayed in submission. He knew what he had to give up. He prayed with respect. He knew who he had to honor. And he, he honored God the Father. Then as Jesus is embodying all these traits, all six of these things as he's doing this, Jesus told his disciples to pray like this. He said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. So today, we're not going to move on for a minute. We're going to take some time. If you have your Bible open or if you have a Bible, once you go to the Lord's prayers and more than one, or if you remember how to recite it, but as we start to think about our lives right now. As we start to think about the things that are going on, we have it up here too, so you don't have to look and, and find so much. As we, as we think about what Jesus is saying in our, in our lives, he has the spirit of the Lord is filled on him. He has wisdom. He has understanding. He has a spirit of might. He has, a spirit, he has a spirit of the fear of the Lord. And as you're thinking about how you're going to say this, how you're going to speak to God, how you're going to recite this prayer, how you're going to embody this prayer in your life, how you're going to start to say, hey, I want these words to change. I want, the, I want something to be different. I want this relationship to be different. We have to start to believe that Jesus can give us wisdom. So often I could just be a, a, just say it in my own words. It's like I go to God and just think he's going to fix it and move on. I don't go to God saying, all right, God, what decision can I make? What can you give me to make the right decision so I can live this life out correctly? If I'm going to go to prayer, I'm going to ask him for understanding. 
I want, I want him to understand me. I want him to know the weakness that I have and the strengths that I want to bring out. I want to, I want to have Mike. I want to be bold in asking God the right things, saying the right words, embodying the, the right spirit when I come to him and say pray just like his disciples prayed. Today, I know we all don't have that. If we did, we'd be in a totally different place. But we need this. We need to have a relationship to prayer. We need, a, we need it better than the words. We need a relationship to communicate with God. That's why I'm so crazy about community. Because without community, we don't have any relationship. And as we build relationship with one another, we start to see that we can have a relationship in so many ways. But the first way that we need to have a relationship with one another is praying. If you came here today and you, you want prayer, we want to pray with you. We're going to give you a couple of minutes. I know I haven't done this ever. We'll give you a couple of minutes. And if you want to you say, hey, this is what I need prayer for, we just ask you to do that. And believe and trust and be faithful that if you say something in here, it's safe. This is a safe place. We're not going to go home and gossip about you. We're going to go home and pray for you. We're going to pray with you in agreement. We're going to ask God to give us wisdom. So whoever wants to be bold, well, I'm going to just pray, for, pray first. I'm going to ask you guys to pray for me. Pray, uh, pray, for, pray for wisdom in, uh, in the community as I, I make relationships with people. Pray that I, I put the right timing in the things. I'm a rusher, so I like to rush things and get things done. So pray that I have wisdom and understanding on taking things slowly as, as we move forward as a church and I, I move forward as a leader. Would anyone else want to say a prayer? All right, Terry. Terry's daughter. Does she live in the Twin Cities? Okay. Anyone else? So before we pray, we're going to, oh, oh, sorry.
Thank you. Anyone else? So we're just going to pray together. I'm going to recite the words. And then we're just going to, in reverence, we're not going to pray specifically or say anything. We're going to pray in faith and believing that as we say this prayer like Jesus did, as he taught his disciples, that God's going to do the things that his will, his will wants to do. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. One thing as a church family that we do every Sunday is we observe communion. We remember Jesus. And we believe that as we, as we partake in the bread and we partake in the, in the cup, that, we'll, that, that we are remembering what he did for us. And as, uh, as Marlon begins to, to pass out communion, remember it says in Isaiah, it says that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was broken for our sins. There's nothing that that we can go through right now that Jesus hasn't even hasn't completed for us. And as we take communion, it was a complete sacrifice. It wasn't it wasn't half sacrifice. It was a full sacrifice for us. And as he spilt his blood for us, and as he spilt his blood as we take we drink this cup, remember this cup for us we had no way out. We were powerless. We were helpless. But as Jesus spilled his blood, we started to see, we started to, it started away for us. And so as you take your, your cup and take the bread, we're going to be playing a song, and I'm just going to pray. Father in heaven, we just ask you right now that you would touch our hearts and our lives, that we would start to see the full remembrance of you even as we dive in more to your prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.